host Tyler here with the Around the Bases podcast. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. Hope you have a safe and uh, wonderful day and wear all the green that's possible. Um, we have a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and just get her started, shall we? So, first we're going to start with a little Team USA update. Um, they played more games against uh, other teams. Um, they played against uh, Team Mexico last Wednesday. They were down 2 to nothing to Mexico in the top of the 5th. Came back with 5 runs in the bottom of the 6th to pull off the 5-2 win to sweep that uh, three-game series with Mexico that they did last week, so it, I'm glad Team USA is getting the, some nice competition in the build-up to the Olympics this summer. Um, and then this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Team USA was down in um, Tampa, Florida to take on the South Florida Bulls. Um, those of you that don't know, South Florida is coached by Ken Erickson, who is also the head coach for the for Team USA. Um, so it's pretty often Team USA plays South Florida in exhibitions and things of that sort, since Ken Erickson is the coach of both teams. You know, that's just how it works. Um, and it's nice to see that collaboration between the two. Um, even if it does result in South Florida getting absolutely demolished by Team USA, which did happen over the weekend, um, Team USA crushed South Florida 12 to nothing Friday night. Uh, there was a, Ke- uh, Kehlani Ricketts had a no-hitter in that game. Um, then they beat them again 8 to nothing on Saturday afternoon, and, beat them again 10 to 1 in 5 innings on Sunday afternoon. So South Florida didn't really prove much of a test for Team USA. Um they did take on Florida last night. Um and it was close for the longest time. I watched that at least until right before the Team USA scored in the 4th, I believe it was. Um but Team USA went on to win that game at Florida 4 to nothing, And that was good to see um, three of Team USA's roster played at Florida while they were in college. So it was fun to see them return to their old stomping grounds and watch them take on the college that they went to. Um, so that was a nice little moment to see. Uh, but I'm glad Florida gave Team USA a test, uh, especially with all the pitching depth that Florida has, um, at least they weren't run-ruled, um, the game didn't end early, so, Florida, congrats to you for, um, at least giving Team USA something to think about, um, I'm not even convinced a team composed of SEC All-Stars would, (laughs) uh, take down Team USA, but, that's a topic of discussion that I'll leave to you as the fans of softball to determine. Um, but moving on, speaking of the SEC, let's talk SEC standings. Obviously, I'll recap the games later, but for now, these are just the standings as we stand as of Tuesday night. Alabama, Arkansas, and Ole Miss are all tied for the lead with three, at three and zero. Florida, LSU tied for fourth at two and one. Kentucky and Tennessee are tied for sixth at one and two. Georgia, Texas A&M, and Missouri are tied for eighth because they haven't played an SEC game yet. Auburn, South Carolina, Mississippi State all tied for last at zero and three. Um, so Ole Miss being three and zero, I'll mention this later too. Taking on Mississippi State this past weekend, that's a pretty huge sweep for them. Um, and like I said, we'll talk more about that in the recap. But uh, that was a pretty solid series win for Ole Miss and Arkansas. 
Arkansas went to South Carolina, got that sweep, so that's a pretty big one as well. Um, Florida handed Kentucky its first two losses of the year. Uh, LSU took two from Tennessee. Um, and then all, Alabama swept Auburn as one would have expected. So that's where the SEC stands after their first weekend with SEC play. On to the Big Ten after their weekend down in Florida again. Uh, Northwestern still on top of the Big Ten at 11-1. Illinois second at 10-2. My co-favorites to win the Big Ten. Michigan and Minnesota are tied at third at 9-3. Indiana, Iowa tied at fifth at 7-5. Maryland, Nebraska, Ohio State all tied for seventh at 6-6. Purdue and Wisconsin are tied for 10th at 4-8. Michigan State is 12th at 3-9. Rutgers is 13th at 2-10. And and Penn State's last at 0-12. Unfortunate start to the season for Penn State, um, but you just got to play the schedule that you got. Um, Wisconsin and Purdue being 4-8 and eight is kind of surprising for me. Um, oh, I thought Ohio State would be better than 6-6, six and six, personally. Um, I thought Michigan and Minnesota would be on top, but here are Northwestern and Illinois are on top, so that's a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, I know Northwestern's still a really good team, um, but Illinois, I just didn't see them excelling this much this early in the season. But there's still plenty of softball left to play, so we'll see how that all pans out as we move towards April and towards May. <clears throat> ACC standings. Uh, Duke is first at eight and one. Clemson is second at eight and two. Virginia Tech and UNC are tied at third with seven and three records. Florida State is fifth at four and two. <clears throat> Louisville is sixth at three and two. NC State is seventh at seven and six. Syracuse is eighth at two and two. Notre Dame is ninth at three and five. Pitt is tenth at three and six. Georgia Tech is eleventh at three and ten. Boston College is eleventh, or excuse me, twelfth at one and four. And Virginia is last at two and eleven. <clears throat> My surprises here. Virginia. I'm, I really thought Virginia would be better than 2-11, and 11, but I guess I overestimated Virginia's abilities. Um, or maybe they need more time to get it together. Um, Notre Dame being 3-5 and five is kind of a shock. You're used to Notre Dame being a really solid program, not used to them having a losing record. Um, but I fully trust... Um, Alexis Holloway, Alexis Holloway, Peyton Tidd in the Notre Dame offense to start stepping it up now that we're in conference play. Um, so I don't expect them to stay as low as uh, ninth. So, um, Florida State at fifth is very shocking. You would think Florida State would be towards number one, but, um... North Carolina's played a somewhat easy, relatively easy ACC schedule so far, so that's a benefactor for them. Um, Duke and Clemson on top. The two newest programs to the ACC are on top of the ACC right now. Um, that's just a testament to the programs that those two have built, um, and I'm very happy to see their success early in their program's histories. Now the question is, are they going to be able to hold it throughout the ACC and get the top two seeds in the ACC tournament? That I can't comment on because we'll just have to. Because I know there's a lot better matchups as we get through the season, so 
we'll just have to stay stick with that and see how that evolves moving forward. Um, Pac-12 play starts this weekend, and we'll go over that in the look ahead at the week ahead of us. Um, so that those standings will be on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. Stats as of Monday night. Always my favorite segment because you know I'm a stats guy. Jocelyn Lowe of Oklahoma, second in homers per game with .86. Braxton Burnside of Arkansas is fourth with a .68. Uh, Maddie Hackbarth and Kate Gordon are tied for of Arizona State and James Madison are tied at fifth with .67 home runs per game. Jocelyn Alou is also fourth in the nation in RBIs per game with 2.23. Maddie Hackbarth from Arizona is fifth at 1.89. Seven pitchers have a zero ERA this season, including Shannon Sale of Oklahoma and Jenna Green of Presbyterian. Alex Storacco of Michigan leads the nation in strikeouts per seven innings with 14.3. Jenna Green of Presbyterian is third with 13.5. Georgina Cork of South Florida is fourth with 13.3. And Megan Bobian of Michigan is fifth with 13.2. Mary Half of Arkansas leads the nation in victories with 12 in the circle. Gabby Plain is second with 11 of Washington. She's of Washington. Um, and Valerie Cagle of Clemson and Liana Johnson of Troy are tied for third with 10. Jocelyn Lowe is also second in the nation in slugging percentage at 1.484. Maddie Hackbarth, Arizona State, fourth in the nation, 1.263. Jocelyn Lowe leads the nation in home runs with 19. Braxton Burnside of Arkansas is second with 15. Tiari Jennings of Oklahoma is third with 14, and Kinsey Hansen of Oklahoma and Sammy Williams of Iowa State are tied for fourth with 13 home runs on the season. Jocelyn Lowe also leads the nation in RBIs with 49. Tiari Jennings, her teammate, is second with 40 RBIs. Braxton Burnside of Arkansas and Maddie Hackbarth of Arizona State tied for third at 34 RBIs. And Sammy Williams of Iowa State is fifth with 33. Gabby Plain uh, leads the nation in shutouts with five. A lot of people are tied for second with four shutouts, including Maggie Ballant of San Diego State. Anna Borgen of Ole Miss, who is a very solid pitcher. Valerie Cagle, Clemson, Carrie Eberly, Oklahoma State, Lexi Kilfoyle, Alabama, Olivia Lackey, South Alabama. That's a name to remember because she's the one that beat Alabama recently. So keep keep your um, eye and ear out for that name. And Aaliyah White of Central Florida are all tied for second in the nation with four shutouts. Alex Storacco has the best strikeout-to-walk ratio in the nation with a 14.5. Megan Faramo of UCLA second, 14.4. Montana Fouts is third in the nation with a 14. Sydney Sickles of Illinois is fourth with 13.5. And Peyton Gottschall of Bowling Green is fifth with 13.45. Peyton Godshaw also leads the nation in strikeouts with 148. Liana Johnson of Troy is second with 144. Gabby Plain is third with 139. And Olivia Lackey is fourth with 117. Now on to our team stats. Oklahoma leads the nation in batting average with a .47. Arizona State is fourth with a .388. Texas is 5th with a .384. <clears throat> Illinois leads the nation in ERA with a .84. Michigan is 2nd with a .93. Northwestern is 3rd with a 
based based I'm gonna assume it's based off innings pitched <clears throat> is why Michigan is second with the same ERA as Northwestern but anyway Alabama is fourth with a point nine seven Wisconsin has the third best <coughs> fielding percentage in the nation with a point nine nine two. Arizona State is fourth with a point nine nine, and Boise State is fifth with a point nine eight nine. Oklahoma leads the nation in homers per game with three and a half. James Madison <clears throat> clocks in at second in the nation with a 2.83. Arizona State third with 2.53. Arkansas is fourth with 2.41. And Wichita State is fifth with 2.12. Oklahoma second in the nation in scoring at 12.14 runs per game. Arizona State fifth in the nation at 9.21. Oklahoma leads the nation in slugging percentage at .926. Arizona State second in the nation, .762. James Madison third in the nation, .748. And UCLA is fourth in the nation with a .684. Six teams remain undefeated to this point. Oklahoma, George Mason, James Madison, Delaware, Drexel, Wagner. Oklahoma's the only one that's played more than 10 games, so we'll we'll have to see if any of the other 5 lose a game and I'm sure they will, but just a matter of time, so we're we'll see about that. Alabama leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio with 9.75. Michigan is second in the nation with an 8.72. North Carolina third, 7.69. Arizona State is fourth with a 7.53. And Oregon is fifth with a 6.41. Southern Illinois leads the nation in walks with 97. Washington is second with 96. Arkansas is third with 94. Oklahoma leads the nation in on-base percentage at .538, which is insanity. Um, but Arizona State is fourth with a .47, and Washington is fifth with a .468. <clears throat> and those are the stats as of Monday night for you, so... Feel free to do with those, do with that what you want. Um, draw your own conclusions. Obviously, Oklahoma's offense is absolutely booming. That's why Jocelyn Alo is basically top five in almost every statistical category that matters. Um, so Jocelyn Alo is my favorite for Player of the Year right now. But obviously, that can evolve and change as we go, keep moving through the year. But We'll just, you'll just have to stay tuned for what I think. <clears throat> Notable games canceled or postponed. Um, weather canceled a couple of North Texas at Wichita State games. So those could have been solid matchups that we missed out on. Unfortunately, weather canceled those. Um, Ute, uh, excuse me, LSU Tennessee's Friday night game was postponed because of rain. Luckily, they were able to get a doubleheader in on Saturday and complete their three game series, obviously. Uh, Utah and Nevada are dealing with COVID problems, so they're missing out on some games this week. Utah has rescheduled as many of those opponents as they can, so. Hopefully, Utah will be able to get those matchups in and get them done. Get those games on the schedule. And then, weather also canceled Iowa State and Missouri's game on Sunday afternoon. So, And I know many more games are getting postponed in the South because of weather that's going to be happening today. So, um, just... Everyone, 
down in the south, you know, just stay safe. Um, hopefully we'll get softball full scale um, this weekend and not have to deal with any weather problems, but we'll just have to wait and see. <clears throat> that having been said, let's get to the recap of week five. <clears throat> Jesse Harper, the home run queen, as they call her, hit two home runs and had six RBIs in Arizona's 8 to nothing five-inning win over Florida A&M. Deja Mulipola also had a solo homer of her own. Savannah Sykes triple drove in the only run in Georgia's 1-0 win over Georgia State. Two doubles, two homers, and eight RBIs combined from Kenzie McGuire and Katie Preble led South Carolina to a 9-1 six-inning win over Georgia Southern. Charla Eccles' two homers and five RBIs highlight Florida's 10-2 six-inning win over Kennesaw State. South Alabama's or uh, South Alabama can't pull their magic twice as Ole Miss drew the walk-off walk to win six to five. But that's also another testament to how good South Alabama can be and is receiving votes in one poll right now. So South Alabama's got some magic going on down there. Tiari Jennings had two homers, four RBIs. Jocelyn Alo, two homers, three RBIs. And Kinsey Hansen had a homer and two RBIs in Oklahoma's 14 to nothing five inning route of UT Arlington. Shelby Lowe had seven, uh, 11 strikeouts and allowed only two hits in Auburn's 3-0 win over Troy. Mississippi State took down Memphis 5-0, a little bit closer than I expected, but Mississippi State was able to prevail in that game. And I don't know if Texas is still reeling from their series loss to LSU, but Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Gave them a bigger fight than I expected in a 10-6 win for the Longhorns. And I'll mention it again later, but the Longhorns pitching is not pitching well right now. Either that or their defense is just not on point. Either way, it's not looking that great. They're still getting wins and everything, but the wins just don't look that impressive right now. Um... So that could be a touch of concern heading into Big 12 play later on this season. The longest game in Ohio State's history ended with the Buckeyes taking down Wisconsin 7-5 in 15 innings. In the second game, Wisconsin responded by murdering Ohio State 10-1 in 6 innings. So they split their uh, Thursday doubleheader. Iowa took down Penn State 6-5 in the 12th inning in their first game. Northwestern kept rolling in Big Ten play, beating Indiana 8-0 in 5 innings in Game 1. Came back in Game 2 and beat Indiana again 8-1. Michigan went to extras with Nebraska, but got the win 2-1 in 8 innings in Game 1. Bobian had a no-hitter and a 14 strikeouts in that game. And then the second game, uh, Alex Starocco had 19 strikeouts, which led Michigan to a 2-0 win over Nebraska in their second game. Bubba Nichols hit a grand slam in UCLA's 8-0 five-inning win over UC Santa Barbara. Delaney Wiz also had a homer and uh, four RBIs in their second game, which was an 8-0 five-inning win for UCLA. Not much of a challenge there for UCLA, but Florida State picked up a huge win to start their series with Arizona, 4-2. Didn't even mention that yet. Um, Florida State and Arizona series, that was a huge series. And we'll finish talking about that a little later. Texas State took down BYU 2-1 in a defensive game. Matty Hackbarth's two homers and four RBIs led Arizona State over Baylor 7-4. <clears throat> 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 
Ohio State took the rubber match with Wisconsin 3-2 in eight innings. Liberty made a good push, but fell to Oklahoma State 9-4 in their first game. And then Logan Shimanek, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, shut down Liberty in Oklahoma State's 3-0 win in Game 2 over Liberty. <clears throat> Northwestern swept their series with Indiana with a 1-0 win on Friday. Nebraska finally got the win over Michigan to avoid the sweep 5-4 in the 8th inning. Michigan State took down Illinois 5-2, which is a very surprising result because Michigan State is not good. Um, so they took down Illinois. That gave them their second loss. Kansas City, or UMKC for their initials, had a 2-0 lead on Oklahoma heading into the bottom of the 5th. But Oklahoma powered its way to a 6-2 win in that game. That was miles closer than I expected. Um, it really took me by surprise when I saw that Kansas City had a shot at beating Oklahoma. Um, but that's why we played the games. And Oklahoma ultimately kept their winning streak going. So... Duke took down UVA 3-1 in their series opener. Rachel Garcia allowed one hit and struck out 14 in UCLA's 10-0 five-inning win over UNLV in Game 1. Megan Faramo struck out 12 in UCLA's 8-0 five-inning win in Game 2 over UNLV. Keely Rochard's 12 strikeouts led Virginia Tech to a series opening win over NC State 4-2. Mary Wilson Avant's 11 strikeouts led Georgia over East Carolina 3-0. Kendall Lindemann's two-run double in the bottom of the fourth led Florida to a series opening win over Kentucky 3-1. Alexis Holloway and her untimely walks gift North Carolina the 6 to nothing win to open their series with Notre Dame. Bailey Hemphill had two homers and five RBIs in Alabama's 6 to nothing win to start their series with Auburn. Arkansas downed South Carolina 4-1 to one to start their series. Mariah Lopez shut down Florida, State off, uh, Florida State's offense. To even their series with a one to nothing win for Arizona. So going into Sunday, Arizona and Florida State both won a game, so forced a rubber match on Sunday, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Southern Illinois continued their long winning streak by taking down UAB six to one. Ultimately, went out the next day and laid a duck, but we'll talk about that as well in a minute. Uh, Texas A&M took down Louisiana Tech 10-6 in an unexpected offensive slugfest. At least from my vantage point, I didn't expect it, so it was unexpected for me. Gabby Plain fired 13 strikeouts in Washington's 5-0 win over Seattle. Allison Ducey, a name that you heard me say a few times last season before everything shut down. She had 10 strikeouts that led Iowa over Maryland 1-0 in their first game on Saturday. Maryland took game 2, 3-2 to force the rubber match on Sunday. Randy Farriker's 4 RBIs stood out as NC State evened the series with Virginia Tech with an 8-0 5-inning win in game 1. Virginia Tech responded in game 2 by winning 12-2 in 6 innings at least guaranteeing a series split with NC State. Michigan took down Wisconsin 8 to nothing in 5 innings in game 1. Michigan then took game 2 3 to nothing looking for the sweep on Sunday. Sarah Queen had all 4 RBIs in Houston's upset of Oklahoma State 4 to 2. That was a shocking result as well. Um, but that's what softball is. That's what the game's all about. 
Lacey Fincher hit a grand slam walk-off in the ninth inning to lift Georgia over East Carolina 6-2. Six players had three or more RBIs in Texas's 21-5 five-inning win over Tarleton State. Ohio State handed Northwestern their first loss of the year with a 4-2 win in Game 1. Northwestern responded with a 9-0 five-inning victory in Game 2 to force a rubber match with Ohio State on Sunday. Florida took down Kentucky 3-1, earning at least the series win over Kentucky. Those were Kentucky's two first, like I mentioned earlier, Kentucky's first two losses of the season. Abby Sweet had two doubles, two homers, and four RBIs in Notre Dame's 13-0 thrashing of North Carolina in Game 1 that evened the series. And then in Game 2, Notre Dame got to Brittany Pickett in in a 4-0 win over North Carolina, which gave them the 2-1 series lead going into Sunday. Taylor Pleasant's homered in the top of the eighth to lift LSU past Tennessee in their opener two to one. And then Ashley Rogers had or Ashley Rogers had eleven strikeouts in that game. And then Ivy Davis with the walk off even the series for Tennessee four to three in the eighth inning. In a game that started on Friday night, Jenna Laird had a triple, a home run, and six RBIs in Missouri's 15-2 five-inning win over Kent State on Saturday afternoon. Or that finished on Saturday afternoon, I should say. Texas's pitching and defense again is giving up a lot of runs. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, but it's fine if your offense as good as theirs is in their 10-7 win over BYU. Like, if your offense is as as good as Texas's is, I guess you can afford to give up runs. So, I don't think that's a recipe for success once we get into the tournament, but, you know, keep doing you, Texas. So, keep playing the game the way you are playing. It's still giving you W's, albeit very confusing and conflicting W's, but anyway, I digress. Braxton Burnside had two home runs and three RBIs, but it was the two-run homer in the top of the 10th that gave Arkansas the 7-5 win over South Carolina to guarantee a series win. Alyssa Brito had a homer and five RBIs in Oregon's 11-0 five-inning win over Sacramento State. And then Allie Bunker's double, two homers, and four RBIs led or helped Oregon to a 14-6 five-inning win over Oregon State. Which I don't believe that game was considered um, a conference game, but... It was played as anyway, so Oregon getting a massive win over their in-state rivals. So that was interesting to keep track of. After not losing a game, I mentioned Southern Illinois' long winning streak. After not losing a game since February of 2020, Southern Illinois got no hit by Samford and then got walked off on by UAB one to nothing in extra innings, if I'm not mistaken. So Southern Illinois' long winning streak came to an end with two screeching losses. Caroline Jacobson hit a walk-off home run to give Duke the series win over UVA in a 10 to nine in nine innings. And that was looking for the sweep on Sunday. Two Kaylee Tal doubles led Alabama to 4-1 win to give them the series win over Auburn. Gianna Mancha had ten or uh, had twelve strikeouts in a three to nothing win for Central Florida over Florida Atlantic. 
Florida State won their series with Arizona with a 2-1 win on Saturday. Absolutely, that's a huge series win for Florida State at home against Arizona. Arizona was looking like a team that was basically unbeatable. Their offense is just so powerful. Um, and Florida State came out and won that series, so all credit to them. Um, Arizona fell in the polls as expected, and Florida State's back in the top 10, back in the national title contention or contenders list. So, it's really quite something. I did not expect Florida State to win that series, but congratulations to the Seminoles and, um, Lonnie Alameda and all of them down there. Well done, I must say. Congratulations on your series win over Arizona. That's big time. Um, I just hope you're able to maintain that success as we move forward in the schedule. Um, Anna Borgen, I mentioned her earlier. Um, she shut down Mississippi State's high-octane offense. For the six to nothing win for Ole Miss in their series opener, Gabby Plain had 14 strikeouts in Washington's four to one win over Seattle. Missouri came back to take down Iowa State three to two. Fresno State run ruled Cal eight to nothing in five innings. And now we head to Sunday. Iowa walked off on Maryland in the 8th to win the series 4-3. Michigan got their series sweep over Wisconsin with a 2-1 win. Northwestern took the series with Ohio State thanks to 10 strikeouts from Danielle Williams in a 3-2 victory. Kirsten Lycia's home run in the bottom of the 6th is the difference as North Carolina earns a series split with Notre Dame with a 2-1 win. Liberty pushed Oklahoma to the brink, but a wild pitch in the bottom of the sixth gave Oklahoma the 5-4 win in Game 1. Oklahoma returned to form in Game 2 with five home runs in a 16-0 five-inning win over Liberty. And I have a little bit more on um A side note to that, Liberty took down Arkansas last night, 2 to nothing in 10 innings, um, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, we'll discuss that here in just a second. But Jamison Cavill's double homer and three RBIs led Duke to a sweep of Virginia with a 8-2 win. Baylor scored seven unanswered to split their series with Arizona State seven to two. LSU got homers from Amanda Doyle, Shelby Sunseri, and Georgia Clark to take the series with Tennessee in uh, eleven to three five inning win. Arkansas got the sweep of South Carolina with three to two win thanks to Lenny Malkin's homer in the top of the fourth. Kentucky scored two in the top of the ninth to avoid a sweep with Florida in their 4-2 victory on Sunday. Kelsey Bennett's three home runs and seven RBIs are part of a big day as Virginia Tech won the series against NC State with a 17-4 five-inning victory. Bailey Dowling's homer and three RBIs led Alabama to the series sweep of Auburn in a 4-2 victory. Ole Miss shut down Mississippi State's offense once again to sweep them in their first SEC series sweep since April 2017 at home against LSU. That's how long it's been since Ole Miss has swept an oppo SEC opponent. Um... And they won 8 to nothing in 5 innings on Monday. I mentioned it, but Danae Griffin's 2-run homer in the top of the 10th led Liberty over Arkansas. 2 to nothing. Um, if you don't know it by now, Liberty is a legitimate program. Um, they're out here pushing Oklahoma State, pushing Oklahoma. 
and then they go out and beat Arkansas. I mean, I, there's not much more I can say about that. Liberty softball is legitimate, and they will be a tough out come the NCAA tournament. You can mark that and write it down. Mark my words. They will be a tough out in the NCAA tournament. If they're not playing for a regional championship at the least, um, I would be very shocked. But, again, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Um, Mallory Payton's home, uh, three-run homer saved Kentucky in their 6-5 to five win over Eastern Kentucky. That was certainly a shocking result. I thought for the longest time that Eastern Kentucky was going to take them down, but Kentucky fought them off. I don't know whether that's just coming off that series loss to Florida, whether they just don't look right or what, but Kentucky got the win anyway, so I guess it really doesn't matter in the end. Let's see. And then the last game, uh, Texas was down four runs or would no they were down two to one in the top of the seventh they scored four in the top of the seventh and took down McNeese State five to two so another game Texas was down to their last two outs and they fought back to get the win five to two that's why I'm saying something might be wrong with Texas softball right now I'll let you decide if and what that is, but um, Texas just doesn't look right to me right now, so we'll have to monitor that as we get into Big 12 play. Now, let's look ahead to week six and see what we got on the docket. On Thursday, Texas A&M will play at McNeese State. Coming off that game against Texas, I think McNeese State has a very good shot at beating Texas A&M on their home turf. So look out for that game on Thursday night. Louisiana will play a doubleheader at Texas on Thursday night. This is a chance for both teams to get back on the right track after some questionable results recently. So... It was supposed to be Texas at Louisiana, a doubleheader on Wednesday, but because of weather, they moved the series to Texas, and it'll be on Thursday instead. So, uh, I really want to take a series split. I'll pick a series split on that, but I'm going to have to take Texas at home. I think they'll be good enough to beat Louisiana. I know I just said that I have... Uh, problems with Texas right now, but I think Texas will get the doubleheader sweep at home against Louisiana. <clears throat> and then Tuesday, Central Arkansas travels to Mississippi State to take them on. Um, we've seen Central Arkansas be a bit of a nuisance for some teams this season so far, so I want to see if they can give Mississippi State some trouble. <clears throat> and now let's get to some series that are going to happen this weekend. Firstly, Ole Miss, um, following their SEC sweep of Mississippi State, travels to Arkansas, coming off their own SEC sweep. So you got two 3-0 teams playing a three-game series this weekend. Um, and based on how Arkansas played last night against Liberty, I'm going to take Arkansas to win the series 2-1. East Carolina at James Madison for three games this weekend. That's all under the radar, really good series because James Madison with their conference not being super strong. This is a very important series for James Madison. They need to sweep the series if they want aspirations of being even cl remotely close to regional hosts, which I don't think will happen, but... If they even want to be marginally close to that, they need to sweep this series with East Carolina. Um, I know my former team is really 
going to be trying to get this series sweep, but I have a feeling East Carolina is really going to steal a game from them. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see for this weekend, but that's just the feeling I'm getting right now. Houston plays two games at Baylor. I want to see if Houston can replicate what they did at Oklahoma State against Baylor. Baylor is coming off of a game where they almost lost, or they were very, they only beat Stephen F. Austin by one run. So I want to see if Houston can maybe take down Baylor in Waco. Florida at Mississippi State. Can Mississippi State's high octane offense get on track against Florida's very deep pitching staff? Unfortunately, I think Florida's just too much of a juggernaut right now, and I think Florida will get a 2-1 to series win out of that. Texas A&M travels to LSU to take on uh, the Tigers in a three-game series. Give me LSU in a sweep. Central Florida plays three games at South Carolina this weekend. I'll take Central Florida 2-1. Missouri at Georgia. Both are playing their first SEC series of the year. Um, both teams have had their ups and downs so far this season, but Georgia being at home, I'll take Georgia to win the series 2-1. to one. Tennessee at Alabama for three games. Give me an Alabama sweep. I really want to believe in Tennessee that they can give one win. But I'm going to take Alabama to sweep Tennessee this weekend. North Carolina travels to Tallahassee for a four-game set against Florida State. This could be the ACC series that could make or break Florida State this year. Oh, God. I, I say Florida State takes down North Carolina 3-1. to one. I think North Carolina is only going to get one win out of that series, that four-game series with Florida State. Arizona, speaking of Pac-12 play, Arizona State travels to Los Angeles to take on UCLA for four games. As much as I like Arizona State's offense, I think UCLA is just that much better than them. I'll take UCLA winning three of those four games against Arizona State. Arizona at Washington for four games. This is an absolutely fantastic matchup. Um, Arizona coming off of that series loss to Florida State. Can they rebound by going up to Seattle and taking down Washington? That's a very tough series. Um, oh, God. Give me an Arizona-Washington series split. I think they'll both win two games. Wichita State plays two games at Oklahoma State this weekend. Um, so I want to see if Wichita State can keep up their good start to the season. And... I don't think they'll win both games against Oklahoma State, but I would certainly give them a good shot at winning one of those games. Utah at Oregon for four games. Hopefully everything everybody's good at Utah and they can travel to Eugene to take on the Ducks this weekend. But even if they do, I probably would take a four-game sweep for Oregon. I, I just... Oregon's just too much right now. Oregon will beat Utah all four games, in my opinion. A little side um, series that doesn't really count for anything, but Oklahoma isn't playing anyone this weekend except for Team Mexico. So Team Mexico is going to be playing three games in Norman, Oklahoma against the Sooners this weekend. I'm actually very intrigued to see how that turns out. Um... Not necessarily, it's one, because it affects Team USA, because Mexico will be in the Olympics this summer. But I want to see if Oklahoma can win 
one or multiple games of that series with Team Mexico this weekend. That is a very intriguing uh, series for not counting towards your actual season. Um, and then lastly, Cal travels to Oregon State for four games. Oregon State is having some problems this season. I want to see can they rebound at home against Cal to open up Pac-12 play. Um, and I'll take the split. I'll take Cal winning two and Oregon State winning two of games in that series. Um, but needless to say, with you got Pac-12 play starting up now, two very fantastic matchups, Arizona State, UCLA, and Arizona Washington. Um, SEC play, you got Ole Miss, Arkansas. That's a really fantastic series. Florida, Mississippi State could be an under-the-radar great series. Um, Missouri, Georgia. And then ACC with UNC, uh, North Carolina at Florida State. There's some great softball on this weekend. I know March Madness is starting this weekend. I will be watching that myself. Um, but I'm going to be keeping up with all these games so that way I can keep you all informed, you know. That way you're better in the know as we move towards forward in the season. Um, but if you're not watching March Madness, watch softball. Um, enjoy the games this weekend. There's plenty of juicy matchups um, out there for you this weekend. Um, but everyone, just have a good weekend. Have a great St. Patrick's Day today. Um, we'll see you next week, hopefully talking about some more great softball. But we'll see you then. Thank you, and have a great St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Good night.